Hey guys, Rich and Ryan here. We saw The Losers the other day. But before we get into talking about the movie, we want to talk about some of the wonderful trailers. Well, I wouldn't really call them wonderful. Well, that, no, they, well. One of them. One of them. Right. One of them. It was wonderful in the most uh, 80s style, kick-ass, blow crap up way. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the lottery ticket. Hand over that ticket. You got to take my ticket, dog. Straight up. I don't know about you. I don't really have that much interest in seeing this movie. Not um, particularly. It's, <sighs> it seems like a decent premise where, right. you know, they they play some lottery numbers, they actually win, and of course the entire neighborhood wants to get that ticket because right. well you know, they they're gonna hold they need to hold on to it for a few days. Yeah. Ice T playing an old man. Or is it Ice Cube? It's Ice Cube, yeah. Oh I'm sorry. I, I get very confused by it's all okay. of the they're all too cool. Understandable. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Because Ice T is on the CSI, CSI. Whichever the police show he's on. I'm not sure which. He's also in a Leprechaun movie. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Wait, the uh, Leprechaun in the Hood? In the Hood. Yeah, the very first one. Surprisingly, (laughs) they started making sequels to In the Hood, so it's it's actually like Leprechaun 17, but it's like Leprechaun 2, In the Hood 4. Something. (laughs) A lot of numerals. It's kind of like Fantastic 42. Yeah, exactly. Well, this movie, uh, you know, it's coming out, and it just... It show, it doesn't really hold my interest whatsoever. Not really, no. And what what's really confusing is if they're really worried about it, go get a motel room or a hotel room. Stay somewhere else instead of staying in your neighborhood. Just get out of the place for the next three days. Yeah. You have enough money after those three days. You're pretty much in the clear. Max it, out that credit card. In fairness, what they were showing there, like the mansion and the watches and the cars and stuff like that, yeah, they would burn through that million really oh, yeah. quick. Oh, yeah. Plus the fact that most of that stuff would be over a million. Yeah. And if you win a million dollars after the taxes and stuff like that, you're lucky to get 750 grand. Yeah. And that might pay for the car. It might pay for the watches, but not altogether. And that might be a down payment on the the house. Right. So, yeah, no interest in seeing that movie whatsoever. No, thanks. One of the other trailers that we got to see was for Splice. Here he comes. All clear. That's it. Heart rate stable. If we don't use human DNA now, someone else will. Regulators and politicians, they tear us to pieces. I am not a huge fan of horror movies. Uh, I love them, particularly. Well, for me, so few of them are are actually uh, done clever. It's normally the, the music stingers that are meant to startle you, but so few movies actually scare you anymore. Right. And in what obviously looks like a prequel to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Seventh Day, it's not really holding that much. It, it, the bad guy is the the naked mole rat from Kim Possible, so I don't. <laughs> it just right. doesn't seem like something that I would dig. Uh, but then again, I'm not really the audience for you know. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, most horror movies nowadays are are hardly anything but horror. Um, you know what they go for nowadays is just purely gore, like. The Collector, any of the Saw movies. Now, the first Saw movie was fantastic. I'd never seen anything like it. Well, it was unique. Right. And same with the first Scream movie. Right. It's funny. It was clever. It was something out of the blue. Yeah. It was a good change of pace. But mm-hmm. now that the formula has been duplicated so many times, it's kind of it's kind of run its course. And you just 
you want something different, and this one seems kind of run-of-the-mill. It looks like a sequel to They Live or something like that. And oh, no. Now, see, They Live would be awesome. Uh, With the glasses, you get Rowdy yeah. Roddy Piper out there still. Well, I'm still Adam <laughs> Bubblegum, and I'm still here to kick a few asses, and oh. I'm fresh out of asses. I want some bubblegum. That sounds good. <laughs> we miss you, Rowdy Roddy He's still alive. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Didn't watch a lot of wrestling. The final trailer that we got to see is one that we're both actually really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm super excited about this movie. It is like the it is the super band mashup of every 80s awesome action star with a few mm. 90s guys uh, sprinkled in there. And uh, whether it's UFC fighters, WWE fighters, or actors. American uh, Idol winners. American Idol winners. I believe Carrie Underwood is in there, isn't she? Could be. And maybe a little Ruben Stoddard action. I thought maybe it was Clay Aiken. I wasn't really sure. We'll, we'll find out once we see the movie. are the world's greatest mercenaries. The only life they've ever known is war. The Expendables looks fantastic. It, it looks just like one of those big, dumb, fun, exactly. kick-ass movies. It's going to be the summer blockbuster, mainly because it's got everybody who would be in every other movie. True. I think this is stuff that actually happens when the shareholders of Planet Hollywood get together. I mean, you've got your Schwarzenegger, your Stallone, right. your Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Statham has any part in that. Jet Li, right. probably not. Yeah. We get Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. I mean, it's basically like if Universal Soldier meets with Rambo against G.I. Joe. Yeah. That's what this looks like. It's and, insane. And even in the trailer, you can't figure out who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. Yeah. Apparently, That's actually what I was thinking while I was watching the trailer. I was like, you know, I don't. Mickey Rourke's in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's the bad guy. He seems to be the bad guy. He's still he might got not the, be ha- the bad guy. Still got the hairdo from uh, Iron Man 2. Obviously done during filming of that movie. Uh, gee, I wonder which <laughs> schedule I had to work around. <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure. Stone Cold Steve Austin's in it. Do you well, think, exa- he you think seems Stone like a Cold bad guy. Talk to Mickey Rourke about the wrestler. You think that was a little uncomfortable Could've at been. times? Could have been. <laughs> like you have no idea what I've been through. <laughs> Really? Think so? There were a few things that you did wrong there, O'Rourke. But we've got Lundgren, as we mentioned, which, of course, recently in the news because somebody broke into his house. Three men broke into his house. He was off shooting a movie or or something like that. They captured his wife, tied her up, and then started just looting the house. Wow. And then they came across some photos of her with Dolph, and then her with Dolph and their kid, and then Dolph by himself, and then another one of her and Dolph, and then one of her, and then one of, a bunch of Dolph himself, because naturally he's going to have about 57 of them. I mean, naturally. And that was about the time that they untied her, apologized, and ran like hell. Well, yeah. They're actually still on the lamb, but they, once they found out that it was Dolph Lundgren's house, they were like, oh, crap! Time yeah. to go. I think it was that guy from Rocky Five. <laughs> I think he was probably just like, oh, oh it's crap. It's Dolph's house. Better get out of here. Tommy the Machine Gun. Get up out of that place. <laughs> it may have been Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Ultimate Soldier, or what, Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier. Yeah. They actually came out with the third one. Really? No, no, wait, I'm sorry. They came out with a fourth one, Universal Soldier. I think they called it Regeneration or something like that. There was Universal Soldier, and then there was a sequel that was direct to DVD that right. didn't star any of the principals. Then there was another sequel that starred Van Damme and Lundgren, and I think they just released another one that was Van Damme and Lundgren. Wasn't the first Universal Soldier, didn't that have Kurt Russell in it? No, that was just regular Soldier. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You were very close. Tin Soldiers, completely different movie. Different <laughs> actors. I think that was a song, actually. Ah, it could have been. been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Expendables. I mean, that's one of the, the movies I'm really looking forward to yeah, this it, summer. Like I said, it looks fantastic. I mean, everybody in there has been in a movie that you either can quote, have quoted, will quote. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, there's so many stars and just so much promise to that movie. It looks amazing. 
Schwarzenegger seems kind of like a jerk, though, in that one. You kind of get that? Kind of. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, give it to my friend here. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. But. Also, who do you think scheduled they had to work around for that one? I'm, I'm probably going to guess Jet Li. He's been, <laughs> he's been working the hardest. <laughs> if I had to guess. Oh, was that from the joke where they called him half a man? Yeah. Because he's Asian and yeah. short? <laughs> Racism. Ouch. It, like you said, it looks like big dumb fun. And I mean, anybody who's not a movie critic is going to completely love this movie. Yeah. They love action flicks. I mean, of course, I already know the critics are going to slam it and be like, the, the plot was predictable and yeah. all the stuff that they normally say about action movies. But still, it's it's going to be fun. Five Bucks says that they don't even release a copy for the critics to watch beforehand. Probably not. All right, guys. Now on to the main feature. We went out to see The Losers over at Carolina Cinemas probably the best movie theater around here. They are sponsoring us, of course. Thank you. Thank you. They're awesome sponsors. We love them. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about them right now. We're going to talk about the losers. I sure hope he doesn't see us in this bright yellow banana. Are you trying to say that you're embarrassed to be seen in an American classic? And we wired. Target is Westbound. CIA. NSA. Special Forces. Hit it. We're not them. We're the losers. The movie itself comes from a comic from Vertigo, which is the DC brand of adult comics. Uh, so there's, you know, naughty words and stuff like that in there. It follows loosely the first six issues, I believe. Reading through the comic, the, the comic, it's, it's well written. I really dig it. The art is awesome, which they used kind of the same credit style for that. Right, yeah. With the comic itself, the Losers of the Vertigo line was actually based off of an old DC line of comics, also called The Losers. It was a war comic. It was set during World War II. These were guys that were thought to be dead, so they were able to do a lot more black ops stuff. Right. Because if they were caught, you know, nobody would miss them because the, their families had already gone through that and whatnot. That original comic was in the 70s. It was far enough after the Comics Code Authority came out, so they were starting to kind of loosen up just a little bit. Those characters from the original DC line of The Losers, they had actually appeared before the 70s. They had appeared here and there throughout the 50s and the 60s, which is when the Comics Code Authority really first came about. But they were able to take some of these military characters from all over the DC world and put them together in this in the Losers comic. Now, I haven't seen any of the original ones yet, but it seemed like they were... Right. The suicide mission kind of guys. Kamikaze and, dudes. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Which we're starting to see a lot more. You could say that they were expendable. Uh huh. See, hey, tying hey. it back to the trailer. So, full circle. <laughs> The Losers comics, the one came out in 2003 to 2006. It was never officially canceled. It was just they kind of ran through the story. They didn't want to do any more. So it was never, uh, like I said, never actually canceled, ran for 32 issues. And it, it features pretty much the same characters. There were a few changes here and there in ethnicity for a couple of the characters. And it looks like they changed one of the characters' names instead of Rogue. They called him Roke. Do you think that would be to confuse less comic book fans between the X-Men Rogue and this Rogue? That's possible, actually. Although, you know, a large black man looks nothing like Anna Paquin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you it, squint your eyes. It could, you know. Idris Elba is a large man. The, <laughs> the chances of getting them confused is very slim. But the cast, we've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Clay, of course, most recently from Watchmen, who is, he's just one of those guys. He's a, he's a very handsome man. He's a just a wall of a man. Just another comic book movie. Mm -hmm. And he can 
He seems like he can play just about any role. Right. You know, if this was more of a Hollywood film, you could picture Clooney running something like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're actually going to be seeing a really uh, classically trained, amazing actor, Liam Neeson, coming up in the A-Team in a few months, which, of course, we'll talk about when that movie comes out because I'm looking forward to that movie. (laughs) But we've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We've got Zoe Saldana. She played Uhura in the latest Star Trek movie, and she's really starting to blow up. We've got Chris Evans. As Jensen, he is known for Johnny Storm in the uh, Fantastic Four movies. He's, he's the also, flame guy, right? Yeah, he was the yeah. the human torch, the flaming uh, guy, yes. The guy, yeah. the guy on fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is also going to be Captain America coming really? up in the Captain America movie as well as the Avengers. So mm. if the Avengers ever do a crossover movie with the Fantastic <laughs> Four, I'm hoping he gets paid a lot of money for, for doing double to. duty. Columbus Short is Pooch. Oscar... <laughs> Kenata. That looks close enough. Yeah, sure. Played Cougar. And of course, as one of the coolest bad guys ever. Yeah. Jason Patrick as Max. Crazy. He, he was frightening. Yeah. He, he had a, he had enough comedic performance as well as kind of like that jerk demeanor. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you pull it off so well. Since it, most of our listeners are geeks, of course, we're talking the mayor from Buffy, but without as much of a fun, playful edge. Where he is just as quick to turn on you and shoot you in the head as he is to, <laughs> to crack a joke about the pants you're wearing. An amazing bad guy who seemed yeah. believable. Yeah. And he was their, their former CIA handler. He kind of turned on him. Yeah. It does deviate a little bit from the comic in that regard where instead of starting off on the mission where they got burned on, they're doing different things. And without any spoilers, they're doing things to try to help other people. And that ends up getting blown up in their face, literally. Right. And <laughs> they end up being assumed as dead. And yeah. they're trying to exact revenge on the company that screwed them. And, of course, the end of the movie, fortunately, there's plenty of room for sequels. Again, without yeah. without telling any spoilers, that there's plenty of room for sequels. And I would love to see this as a franchise, much like with Smoke and Aces. Yeah. It had that little bit of a stylistic vibe with a lot of the stuff that they were doing. Yeah, I could see that. One of my favorite moments in the movie, which was also in the trailer, so we're not giving anything away, was where Chris Evans, Jensen <laughs> – uh, he's trapped in the skyscraper oh, yeah. and yep. three guards come out with guns yeah. because normally what they do, if it's an innocent, they try to use non-lethal right. uh, ways to put them down. But they hear these three security guards with itchy trigger fingers and he's like, oh, this is getting real. Yeah. And so he just kind of relaxes his arms a little bit, does finger guns, points them at him and mama didn't raise no fool and <laughs> – you know, the ancient Tibetan saying of don't start none, won't be none. And then he <laughs> shoots with his fingers after talking about his amazing telekinetic powers. And all of a sudden the guy drops and then the other guy drops. And then the middle guy with both fingers pointed at him drops. Then we zoom through his fingers and we find out that, hey, there's Cougar over there, Sniper Man, <laughs> like almost football field away, shooting them right in the Kevlar. So it just right. knocks him down, knocks him out without actually killing them. Yeah. So these guys do have a moral code as pretty bloodthirsty mercs, which right. is you know what they are. They're absolutely guys that you can get behind, you can yeah. follow, you can hope that they make it through. And yeah, you want them to succeed. You don't want to see any of them, you know, fail or anything like that. So it's exactly, exactly, yeah. and and the fact that they are wrongly accused of stuff, they're trying to clear their name, and all of a sudden you've got some people you don't know if you can trust them, right? And so they throw in that, hey, can you trust this person? Can you not trust this person? And whoa, what what happened there? Oh, my gosh. It's almost like a cat and mouse game between your own team. 
Yeah. Can I trust you? Can I not trust you? Should I trust you? And they don't go back on any of that. They they don't immediately at the end of the episode, everybody's friends again. You know, right. there's still some beef between some of the characters and whatnot. It ends up being just a really fun ride. It's yeah. not going to win any award. It'd be like Best Explosion or something. <laughs> but uh, Michael Bay is going to come out with something that will probably beat that. <laughs> yeah. Transformers 3 is probably coming out. And, Could be. Shine you know. buff. I don't <laughs> Whatever. And fortunately, it's not going to be Megan Fox exploding out of her pants. So That's too bad. It could be her thumb exploding, though. That is that is very possible. Her weird toe thumb? Yeah. It's, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, I'm sure you guys have you know, Googled Megan Fox's toe thumb. I'm pretty but, sure our listeners have Googled many things of Megan Fox. Right, her toe well, thumb is not on the top of that list. Well, though. I would suggest if you haven't, I would Google Megan Fox's toe thumb. <laughs> it's freaky. It. It, she's she's kind of like the creature from Spice. Or, or Spice. Yeah. From Splice. Uh, Splice. Yeah. Uh, not the Spice World movie, <laughs> but like almost like you expect like a claw to come out. It's not a yeah. prehensile tail to come out of her thumb. The movie was fantastic. Again, we said, uh, it seems like uh, some of the actors in there, like Zoe Saldana, she seems to be blown up everywhere. Before yeah. Star Trek, I'd never even heard of her before. That's some really of- all it takes, though, if you're – as an actor, if you get one good movie, you can pretty much sometimes write your own ticket. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think the people from Twilight are going to have that same kind of fame, but and sadly, no, they are. Well, let's we, hope not. We've got Kristen Stewart playing Joan Friggin' Jet. Well, I don't like eighties music. So yeah, well, true. You've also got Robert Pattinson, who's blown up in everything. Yeah. Then you got that Taylor Lautner guy. Do you know he's playing Stretch Armstrong? What? Yep. Uh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Uh. Yep. But wait, wait, how can they have him as Stretch Armstrong? I don't know. Because part of it was that you could stretch his torso, and he's not going to do anything that's going to uh, alter his abs in a negative way. Well, that's why they have computer-generated images, or <laughs> CGI. What, are you telling me that when Robert Pattinson in Twilight, when he took his shirt off, that those sparkles weren't somebody painstakingly <laughs> putting little jewels? Or Oh, actually, I was hoping that they would just grab his skin, stretch it a little bit, and a bedazzler. See, you suffered for your art. Apparently, now it's our turn. That's right. But also Chris Evans. We're starting to see a lot of these That's actors true, are yeah. geek actors uh, that are in a lot of geek films. Like we mentioned Jeffrey Dean Morgan in Watchmen, who was fantastic. Yeah. One of the problems with Watchmen was that the only characters that I really dug because the actors were good were Rorschach, played by Jackie Earl Haley, who can be seen in Nightmare on Elm Street, and the comedian. Rorschach is a good guy but does extreme things in the name of goodness, and the comedian was a reprehensible character. And yet I like them more because they were funny, they were charismatic, and that just might be the way that they kind of – how the camera loves them with their charisma and stuff like that, especially with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And he's, right. he's a very handsome man. He's a yeah. good actor. He's somebody who's got to just blow up and want to see everywhere. Yeah. And Chris Evans seemingly taking the – what looks like is going to be happening with Ryan Reynolds – yeah. role of a guy with six-pack abs who's a quick speaker. and Quips from here to tomorrow. Yeah. Just got amazing chops on him. And he'll, he'll just keep making you laugh. And that's what, what I really dug about this movie. Because I don't watch a lot of comic book adaptation mm-hmm. movies. And this was the first that I had seen. I didn't even realize that it was the guy, the Human Torch from Fantastic Four. So, or, or the lead guy in uh, Not Another Teen Movie. Or, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, that's lessly known, but still, nonetheless. I apparently subscribe to his entire catalog. <laughs> well, yeah, good for you. I mean, I probably will now after I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. But honestly, every time he opened his mouth, I was like riveted because of just his comedic performance. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a lot like Ryan Reynolds. And just they just have that old Chevy Chase style of real quick witted and make you laugh and like, huh. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to get that much of an opportunity with Captain America because Captain America yeah. was never a, a, a funny character. But with Ryan Reynolds, of course, he was Deadpool. 
Right. He uh, was in Blade. X-Men Origins or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The only good thing about X-Men Origins. <laughs> I mean, he was also in Blade 3. Oh, yeah, that's right. Blade yeah, Trinity, yeah. which was based on the comic book. Mm-hmm. Also, he's going to be the Green Lantern. Really? Yeah. Now, that's a completely different universe. That's DC versus Marvel. But he's going to be the Green Lantern, which wow. he looks the part. I don't really know that much about Green Lantern. I don't know. I think he's playing the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. And I don't know if he was particularly quippy or anything like that. It always seemed like Green Lantern was more of a very serious yeah. character. But the only ones that I've really seen is I believe the character's name is John Stewart, who is the the African-American Green Lantern. He takes over after Hal Jordan and the one that's in the Justice League cartoon now, which right. I, I rather enjoy. So I don't know how comedic he's going to be in that role, but it's Ryan Reynolds is also blowing up and it seems like Chris Evans is following a similar career path. Right. The losers definitely check it out. Most definitely. If it depends on you going to see that or Iron Man, go see Iron Man, which of course is debuting this weekend. We're hoping to be able to see that and review it soon. That of course will depend on our sponsor, (laughs) Jeremiah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The losers is a fantastic movie. Definitely something to catch on cable, rent it on DVD, not for the kitties. Yeah. Oh yeah. By no means. It was PG-13, wasn't it? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't remember there I, being a lot of cursing, I don't actually. think that I didn't hear the F-bomb. That's yeah. usually pretty set standard for an R-rated movie. I think you can get away with one F-bomb yeah. in, a, in a movie. Yeah, and it was rated PG-13 for sequences of intense action and violence, a scene of sensuality and language. Oh, so, what, is, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> scene of sensuality. Well, there was a sex scene between two of the characters. Oh, yeah, We're not going to say which two. Oh, yeah. But, well, we will say it at least featured Zoe Saldana. True. <laughs> well, then. Not to say that seeing the other guys would be a bad thing. It's well, just yeah. that, let's face it, most geeks tend to be of the male demographic. And Zoe Saldana is a sexy, sexy lady. That's true. So seeing her get, and actually, well, they actually they do kind of show that scene in the trailer, yeah, come to think of do, it, where yeah. they, they end up burning down the, the building. Yeah. Which, so. which was really cool. True. But the, the movie itself, lots of great action, a whole lot of fun. Definitely funny, entertaining, good, and check it out. Yeah, totally agree. Hey, Cinema Freaks. We're here at Boston 2010, and I am with an expert on various comic properties and whatnot. Mr. Yes, Jared. I am. I am such an expert. Mr. Jared Axelrod. And I think you're an expert because you dress as superheroes often. Well, that's, that's part of the expertise. There, there are more credentials. There's more credentials. For example, I... Do you have a graphic novel coming out in 2011? So I am. And which one is that now? That is Fables of the Flying City: Battle of Blood and Ink, and that's coming out in 2011, which I have written. Mm-hmm. For, it's coming out from Tor, and so I do have actual comic book cred in addition to my fan cred, which right. is that I think way too much about comic books. <laughs> so that's. But you have going. a lovely wife, so I, I think do it's have been, a lovely it's been wife. Proven that you can't think too much about comics. Well, she also thinks too much about comic books, so Uh, together we probably think way too much about all sorts of that sort of thing. But (laughs) being the the inquisitive people that we are, we we don't enjoy things until we can take it apart and put it back together. (laughs) And comic books are just another part of that. Out of the uh, comic book movies that are out there, what would you say is your favorite? Not best translation, but just your favorite. My favorite comic book movie... That's a that's a toughie. Probably my favorite right now, I guess, right on the top of the heap, is The Dark Knight. Which is hilarious, because there's nothing in the Batman comic books that came really onto The Dark Knight. It's its, its own little entity. Um, but it is... like if you were Before I'd watched The Dark Knight, if you had told me, 
we can do serious adult fiction involving superheroes that means something about beyond just the wonderful adventure and the mm-hmm. the power fantasy of that. If you had come to me and said that I, before watching The Dark Knight, I'd be like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, sure. sure I mean, these sure. these are these are not complex characters. This is not something that you can really delve into that deeply without a certain level of, of nudge, nudge, wink, wink um, that even Watchmen had. And, and I think The Dark Knight showed that, yes, you can do that, but you'll have to take out a lot of the stuff that we associate with the, the superhero genre and the, the comic book storytelling engine itself. And I think that's the, the greatest triumph of The Dark Knight is that it is a movie and it is not necessarily a comic book movie in the sense that all of its tropes are movie tropes and that it's a different kind of beast but at the same time it has its roots in the comic book literature and certainly the character of Batman is still in the film. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that's my favorite but it's probably the least reverent inserted of its source material. It's the least close to it and it's funny because people were talking about Spider-Man 3 and all the changes they made from the source material and why this sucked and why that sucked Mm -hmm. and because it wasn't like the comic book and then you have the Dark Knight which is nothing like the comic book but everyone loved it so if you can do a good job you can toss the original (laughs) material out the window but you better prepare to knock people's socks off and earn Oscars for that yeah well what would you say was the best translation Ghost World Ghost World, without a doubt, that Very is nice. that is the uh, the uh, Adrian Tamin comic on the screen, um, and why that works actually is because he took out he took the most important elements of the comic and added some more cinematic elements, um, expanded one of the side characters to express the director's more point of view, and it really was effective. So that probably that and the Crow are the most direct. Like, this is the comic book on screen. And it's worth noting that Ghost World is just about normal people, so... You're right. They had an edge <laughs> that Superman films don't quite have. <laughs> yeah, there's already an intrinsic believability. Uh, aside from, you know, Steve Buscemi getting to hook up. <laughs> well, you know. Let's, 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 let's have the ugly guy get the girl at yeah. some point. We have so many, so many movies where the handsome guy gets the girl. Let's change true, it up once. True. And he got a very gorgeous girl. He too. did. Thor Birch. Thor Birch. That's right. Uh, he really got good-looking Thor Birch. But that movie is full of good-looking girls. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Thora Johansson. Birch. Yeah, it's... Oh, stunning women. In the pantheon of comic books that you've read... Yes. If you could see any of them on screen, which one would it be? See, I mean, this is where this is where I, I separate from a lot of nerds is because I don't really want to see... I don't read the comic book and be like, this would be a great movie. Mm-hmm. I read the comic book like, this is a great comic. I actually... I, the only one I'm excited about right now, like really excited, and it's not just like, another Batman movie! I love Batman! Because I, I do feel that way. Yeah. And so... Even well, now, if, that, now that uh, Christopher Nolan took over, even now, even when Batman and Robin was coming out, no. I was like, "I love Batman! I can't wait." <laughs> well, it wasn't Batman. I would have, I would have settled for a Batman well movie at that but point. It, in time. But it, it was Batman. That's the thing. <laughs> I feel like Batman is such an elastic character. You can do Adam West, and you can do the Joel Schumacher, and you can do the uh, the Christopher Nolan, and it's all the same stuff. It's all Batman to me. Because the characters are so elastic. But the one I'm excited about is 
Scott Pilgrim. I'm really looking forward to Scott Pilgrim, which is weird because the art style is very cartoony and it doesn't lend itself to like, this would be an awesome live action film. I was actually hoping they would animate it more than anything. But with Edgar Wright, I've got a lot of really, Yeah, and then have you seen the preview? It's astounding. It's amazing. But even though Michael Sarah's in it. Well, I think it's Michael Sarah, but it seems to be stretching a bit. And it seems to not be Michael Sarah, actually. It seems, it seems to be not- Michael Sarah actually playing somebody instead of Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah. I mean, it's hard to argue is like. Okay. He has this one character from the Arrest Development, and then everyone says, "Well, you should do this in movies." Mm-hmm. And like, on the one hand, that's not really stretching as an actor. On the other, if people were paying me thousands of dollars yeah, to do the same thing over and over again, I'd probably say yes. Thousands? Oh, that's sweet. That's so naive. Uh, I know, right? Right. But hey, you know what? John Wayne did that. Yeah, Elvis did that. They were the same thing in everything. They they found that gimmick and they rocked it. They worked it well. And I would even say to a grand degree, Pacino. You know, some of these guys. That, you know, certainly. What, what's the difference between you know a, a method actor and somebody who just does the same thing over and over again? The pay scale. <laughs> <laughs> a little but, more than that. But, but, yeah. And Scott Pilgrim is a very different character than what Michael Sarah is playing. So I, I feel like we're going to see something good. I, I feel like that's going to But going back to what you're saying, the original question, if I had to see anything turned into a movie, I would love to see an animated version of Bone. I think that would be awesome. Because that looks and feels like an animated film when you read it. And I would love to see Jeff Smith's Bone as an animated, a series of films, because it's a huge book. You need either like a a six-hour film or or three movies. For me, I would go Flaming Carrot. I would love to see a Flaming Carrot live-action movie. I I feel like like there's something about the Flaming Carrot that wouldn't quite work. I it mean, would, it, it wouldn't be. Made, it would be make it for mainstream audience. I mean, I, I feel like an actor dressed as a flying carrot and doing those things, for some reason, would not be as funny as as those drawings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it, it just. Depends. It might work, but I, I honestly don't know who you could do. Well, and a con is different. If you see someone dressed as the flaming carrot, it's like, whoa! But are you going to spend two hours in the presence of that person watching them do stuff? She wouldn't let me. <laughs> she, she, she does a webcomic. Damn, I can't remember what it's called. I don't think it's going anymore, anyway. I mean, we had Mystery Men. Well, exactly, and that was not made for me. No, it was not. I think it, it, that was ahead of its time. Yeah, very much If that came out, like, now, it would be such the biggest hit because yeah. it, it plays on those superhero movie tropes that now everyone is familiar with, but yeah. the time, only nerds were. And I feel like if it came out now, everyone would love that film. And I don't think they could afford Ben Stiller. No, any of the cast now. No, <laughs> ben no. Stiller, Janine Garofalo, Janine Garofalo, they could probably get uh, Maybe Hank she's, Azaria. She's choo- yeah, Hank Azaria. They're all choosy about movies now. They never do that again. You get West Duty again, but that's it. <laughs> I think Tom Waits would show up too. Tom Waits would show up. Tom yeah, Waits would show up. Uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, him playing the devil. Oh, I bet that's uh, great. Oh, you haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm so behind. It it's, it's on the list. It's on the yeah, list. Good, good. It's got to be on the list. So, how do you feel about the animated uh, movies that have been coming out from DC and Marvel? There's, the, I haven't watched the Marvel ones uh, except for the Avengers one that came out a while ago. Uh, DC ones are really... I'm not sure who the market is. Because it's, it's a direct-to-DVD animated film. So those are normally aimed at, at children. But the DC films are very adult and very dark. They're really dark. 
And I don't know if that's just a reaction to the, the stuff they couldn't do on television, and now they're... I mean, the Green Lantern film, which is like... All right, it's a guy with a wishing ring hanging out with aliens. All right, this is, this is not a, a, a particularly adult concept. But it's, it's done in a really dark, sinister kind of way, and it's, it was really strange watching it and feeling very uncomfortable by an animated film and seeing someone get impaled right in front of you and the blood is dripping down. It's like, this is a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure who the audience is in that. And, well, and even some of the language that they've yeah. been using. They haven't been going, you know, full R cursing, but definitely pushing a PG-13. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed, what was the... Final Fights. The first one that came out, I enjoyed. Um, I don't even remember what it was, but I liked it. <laughs> and then they did, they did New Frontier. They did an ad- adaption of New Frontier that was really good. Um, I got a copy of it to show my kids, and yeah. I watched it first, and I'm glad that I did. It's not a kid's film. It's not. Oh, it was the uh, the Superman Doomsday, and that was that was also dark. That was really dark, but that was enjoyable for what they were doing. And, and that then, story needs to be dark. Yeah, yeah, it's the death of Superman. Uh, and they took it to some weird places, but whatever. And then New Frontier came out, and that was great. Um, though, you know, it, it's funny that you have the comic book, because it was such an extended series, it got a little more... Detail and Darwin Cook's amazing art, which they tried to replicate and did a pretty good job, which is only so much you can do. And then it just, and then the Green Lantern and the Superman Bat, Wonder Woman was, I think, the best they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It was good. It was funny. It was action based, but it wasn't gory. And it was, had zombies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, yeah, it, the, I don't know what the audience for that is. And I hear it's a similar thing with the Marvel ones. Is it's like, it's cartoons for adults, but at the same time, not. Because when you sit down to watch a cartoon, you don't really want to watch an adult movie. Because um, the animation is not as expressive as an actor. So when you're dealing with these dark issues, and you have a blank anime face, and it's, it, it, it's just very distancing. But I would say it's, it's not animation for kids now, but it's animation for kids in the 80s. Maybe. Because if you look at those, there was a lot more action, a lot more violence, and they would actually deal with death. Maybe not on G.I. Joe, but on the Smurfs, they dealt with death. Did they? Yeah. I haven't watched the Smurfs in 20 years. There was an episode where uh, Smurfette found a uh, some kind of an animal. And I remember because my daughter was sitting on my lap and we were watching. And all of a sudden, you know, the... the whatever the pet was wasn't feeling very well and then they immediately cut to a scene of a small gravestone with the pet's name on it and my jaw drops yeah and my daughter looks at me is like daddy I'm sure it's okay I'm sure it's okay. I'm like I don't think it's sleeping and, and there's a difference between dealing with death and just going to really dark places um, and, but going back if you've read the original Smurf comic book from Holland, I think. Mm-hmm. It's weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the the Schmilz, I think they were called. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, weird stuff, so that doesn't entirely surprise me. Uh, but I'm, I'm just wondering who the audience is for a lot of this stuff. And I think... I wonder, with the live-action films, too, I wonder who the audience is. I mean, with the, with the Watchmen, for example, it seemed to, it was going in a lot of places at once. Because um, they didn't know who the audience was. I think the Iron Man movies have been successes, because they do. Yeah, but they have to limit how much alcoholism and stuff they put in there, because they definitely still market it towards kids. Yeah. 
but I mean, and that's the thing. It's marketed toward that eighteen to uh, that fifteen to twenty crowd. It's they're in they're for younger people. Um, younger than me, I'm at old age of twenty nine. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, right. Get out of my comic books. You know, and it, and that's and that works. It works for the character, and they have him, you know, being a drunk. But they don't have him, you know, like the demon in a bottle storyline from. Well, they don't have him as a drunk. They no, have him drunk. Exactly, exactly. Because they know who the audience is for these films. But they were able to convey a lot in there because he had shown other actions mm-hmm. that warranted being you're out of control. Exactly. So I, I think that Favreau still did a fantastic job. He did a great. That, and someone said, "Are you ever going to do the demon in the bottle storyline?" It's like we did it with Iron Man too. That's as yeah. far as we're going to go. That was five minutes of the movie, right? Because that's not what the films are about. Yeah. They're about the adventure, they're about the, the coolness of, the, of a flying suit, and they're, they're a summer blockbuster. They're not going to... They're not moving into Dark Knight territory. And they don't have to. Right. Well, even if, uh, even if uh, Batman did have a drug problem, I don't think they'd ever do it in Dark Knight. Probably not. I mean, that's Just not the stories they're going to tell. It becomes too complex. Because you can have your heroes go a little gray, but you can't have them go that negative. Because then your hero, hero is to a certain degree condoning that. I mean, and you, if you've ever read this uh, Batman story, Poison, where he takes the Bane drug to be... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a horrible book. <laughs> I mean, everyone talks about it because it's very dramatic, and it's like wrestling with drug addiction and all this stuff. And it is, but it's a really, really horrible storyline because these characters are not built to withstand that level of introspection. I mean, it's a guy who puts on his underwear on the outside and a cape, and it's like, this is the right thing to do to beat up people in. Uh, <laughs> all right? These, these are not characters given to a whole lot of introspection. And you can do a little bit of that with, where you have Christian Bale slumped in a chair looking at the cow and it's like, is this worth the cost? These pointy ears. And that works. But beyond that, you really need to shunt that to other characters who have a more realistic founding in daily life. Well, thank you very much, Jared. I appreciate it. No problem. I hope we do this again. CinemaFreaks.net